Welcome, one and all, to another episode of the Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind podcast. My name's Imran, TJ Sutherland, Dan Collicott. With new episodes released on the first and third Mondays of the month, catch Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind podcast at foreverinelectricdreams.com. Welcome, friends. You're tuned into another episode of the Close Encounters podcast. My name's Imran. Thank you very much for tuning in. We massively appreciate your time and your company for uh, our episode today. We have lots of stuff to get through. Quick reminder, firstly, that the Close Encounters uh, podcast uh, releases brand new episodes on the first and third of every month. And we welcome you to... um, Look us up and find us as long, along with our complete back catalogue of podcast episodes on our website, foreverinelectricdreams.com. Uh, I am joined by the crew. Uh, we have TJ Sutherland. How are you, sir? I'm good. Not too bad. Uh, boiling my ass off. But boiling. Yeah, we should, we should um, we'll make that a met- addendum in a moment to say that as we're recording this, it's... It's a Sunday night in Four August. billion degrees. It is intensely hot. We're all locked away in rooms to uh, for sound purposes, and um, uh, it's it's incredibly hot. So this may be brief. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Hey, and, thank you, everybody. That's it. We're done. <laughs> and um, also joining us in his briefs is Dan Collicott. Oh, how are you? <laughs> oh, how did he know? Um, you know Great that bit in Indiana Jones where the the evil guy's face melts. Oh yeah, right. That's, that's, that's literally me all yeah, day on repeat. I think that's all of us. Um, yeah. I also wanted to say to listeners that um, we have recently launched some mini casts with our good friend and podcast buddy Richard Roth. Uh, we've done Transformers. Well, we've done the History of Optimus Prime, and coming up, we are going to do kind of almost like the history of Ghostbusters film, cartoon and toys. So check out the website and SoundCloud for that. Excellent. Excellent. I look forward to that. Uh, I think you do. Uh, Today's episode sees us kickstart the first of uh, what's currently scheduled to be a um, three-parter discussing uh, movie endings. We are, excuse me, movie, TV show, any sort of genre fiction that each of us can come up with for uh, our respective episodes. Uh, today, it will be Dan, uh, who is going to pick something and basically change the ending. We're, this is not about bemoaning the entire product, which I know is not the case here. Uh, it's not about bemoaning the entire book or film or show. It is just about something in the ending, whether it's the complete ending or whether it's uh, a, a minuscule thing that you want to change just for your pleasure that would have given uh, each of our uh, satisfactions, uh, uh, well, each of us greater satisfaction with the film or whatever it is, uh, conclusion. So in each of the next three episodes, we're going to take turns. Uh, Dan is first, and then the next two will be uh, split between Tej and myself. So before, Dan, before we turn to you and ask you what you've picked, I... For me, I knew exactly what I was picking uh, because uh, I don't know why. It's always been the absolute pre- prevalent thing that I was going to check. So, Police Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol, yeah? So much of it is perfect. It's just that ending. But anyway, no, no, that isn't it. And I won't reveal it. Just wait until my uh, my, my episode, then I'll tell you what my movie is. But I, I, I think we had some back and forth on text about, oh, what, you know, for ideas and suggestions. So I, I did a Google search um to see what you know if there were any sort of popular 
topics of things that people would change. And the two things that I found massively popular that people would definitely change the endings to. There were more, but the two that I saw the most. Harry Potter. I've never seen a Harry Potter, so I don't know if that holds water. But um, Harry Potter and Nicolas Cage, I think it is Nicolas Cage, Captain Corelli's Mandolin. Those what? were two incredibly <laughs> popular. Again, I've never seen really? all. It's a, it's a what book. What lists yeah. were you looking at? Because <laughs> I, I did a little bit. I did a little oh, bit of really? research on it as well. Yeah, and one thing that came up, which surprised me, but then when I think about it, didn't really surprise me, was uh, Superman, the nineteen seventy eight. One really? Oh, what yeah. going back in time? Yeah. Oh, that's a great Cause when, pick. Because yeah. when I saw it, I was like, "Hang on a minute, that seems that a bit weird." That work. film's like well renowned, and you know, everyone loves it. And the you know, and then and then it was like, "Oh, the bit when he reverses time." Oh, yeah, that was a bit shit. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he could he doesn't need to go anywhere on time. Like he could literally just sit at home. Quick, you have to go and save these people. It's like, no, I'll just finish my show and then fly around the world, then save them. It'll be okay. But, you know, Superman 2 has a similar dodgy ending. His ability to just kiss Lois and make her forget everything is like the most roofy roofy kind of superpower that you you can not let that shit fly in 2020, I'm telling you. Absolutely not. It's funny because... And it's well, I say it's funny. It's not really funny that talking about Rufy is not funny at all. But no, no, no. It, it, is, it was like it, it's one of those things where I think we mentioned this in a previous podcast, like things that you know you couldn't get away with now or if they know yeah. better. And uh, you kind of look back on it now, and it's like, at the time it's like oh, it's all romantic and da da da. Now it's like wow, that so you just literally can kiss someone and wipe their memory of anything that you yeah. did the night before. Mm. So I, re- <laughs> I, I remember as a kid watching that scene and thinking, well, how could they ever get together? Because mm. like, if he, if the absolute, if he totally comes clean and then tells her, then it's like that Adam Sandler movie, 50 first dates where he'll, oh, yeah. <laughs> he'll kiss her the next day. She'll be like, Hey, who are you? Oh, here we go again. Yeah. How did that, <laughs> also, how does that even work? Do you like change your brain chemistry with a kiss? I or don't like, know. It was intentional, though, I guess. Like, it's not like a side effect that he didn't know about. It's a really bizarre ending. I've not read many Superman comics, but I've never seen him reverse time or (laughs) wipe people's memories of a kiss. I mean, I know. Also, if if he comes clean, then the sperm will kill her. Just wanted to say. What? 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 (laughs) (laughs) I can't. I can't even do that math. That's very good. Okay. <laughs> a funny, yeah. funny play on words. <laughs> wow. Okay. Very good. Very good. I can't um, believe neither of you have mentioned Blade Runner because let's face it, even the director... Do not. Do you not? Do you dare blaspheme? No, I'm not That's blaspheming, but there's about six million different versions of it. How many uh, well, yeah. can one film have? But then that's why you can't. That's why you can't have it in 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 this discussion because it it's had every different variance of ending that it could possibly have. So we can't really have a chat about. Hey, maybe we could change the ending to this because no, they've already done it. And it's already been released. Yeah, exactly. The final thing before we turn to Dan and he tells us um, about his movie ending of why. Uh, Kate Winslet didn't slide over and give Leo more room on the door before we talk about bitch. his complaint <laughs> before we get there there were two other um, just hilarious suggestions I saw online about people 
uh, giving their picks about what they would change. The first one was to have Wesley Snipes' blade appear at the end of Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which I thought was Kill hilarious. Everyone. <laughs> and there was this other thing that really blew my mind. Again, it's a movie I've not seen, but um, the Johnny Depp movie, uh, 21 Jump Street. Someone had this. I'm convinced somebody must have done this in something, or even if it's probably happened in real life. But apparently there's a scene, uh, spoilers, obviously. Um, well, this whole episode needs an entire spoiler thing about it. But um, Johnny Depp, obviously, is an undercover uh, cop who infiltrates a gang of students. Is that correct? In, the yeah, TV, um, in a TV show, yeah. Right. The so original. they said that in the... In the um, there's a part where he comes clean and says he's undercover. Someone had wrote, wouldn't it have been great if the whole gang was undercover cops from different organizations who didn't know that they were surrounded by fellow cops. So to the point where <laughs> nobody was actually everyone, everyone was a cop. Yeah. Well played. That, that is genius. Like if you think about like, I don't know. I'm, I'm convinced somebody must have done that. Like even as a, just a, a, a crazy comedy bit, or the yeah. fact that you could have, you can see it in like this Everyone's mafia thing. It's a, it's a great, it's a great. It idea. is brilliant, isn't it? To the point where no one's technically committed a crime, or all the crimes have been committed by police in their own side gang that they didn't even know they had, which nice. is really funny. But you, you <laughs> well, know that Twenty One Jump Street. Well, obviously there there was two films. There's supposed to be a third film that was a crossover with Men in Black, and it was supposed yes, to be rebooted. Yes. Yeah. and that would have just been awesome. Well, presumably they kept some of the same actors, which apparently it, it looked like wasn't going to be the case. So then they did a a soft reboot with with Hemsworth and um, I forget the name. Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson, yeah. yeah. Which I haven't seen, so I can't really judge. I've not seen it. Either. Didn't particularly get amazing reviews, but yeah. So it's a shame they didn't go that route. Mm. It'd have been weird. I know that much. Strange, but. Funny, yeah. I guess. Right. So, without further ado, Dan, we turn to you, sir. Uh, you, your, your selection of the piece of genre fiction that you would change the ending to is Donnie Darko. Oh! So, no kidding. Agree. How on earth could anyone even unpack the meaning of the ending or the, how the ending works in the first place enough to want to change it? I don't know. I couldn't because I've not seen it. So, you know. Oh, wow. You really should. Oh, my God. Nope. I would drop the mic if I didn't have to just pick it up again and carry on. <laughs> <laughs> nope. It's a wonderful yeah, movie. It. I really recommend it. I really recommend it. It's, yeah. it's, I think the only thing I'd gripe about it is the ending, I think, is designed to completely be a mind screw, you know? So apart from its intention of doing that, which bugs me, I think other than that's an amazing film. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's not impressed. He's not anyway, impressed. Anyway, we, we don't want to go down that rabbit hole because it's brilliant. That's very good. You even uh, did what you even did a little one that you didn't realise. You said uh, what bugs me about the film. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Frank, frankly, uh, anyway, let, um, let's not do Donnie Darko. Who knew Donnie Darko jokes were were even possible? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So my choice. So I've tried to pick something that we haven't really spoken about before. Um, maybe not not the most obvious of things, but um, I'm a huge mark for Battlestar Galactica. I, I grew up yeah. on the original 
uh, late 70s, 80s series. And the flying really... motorbikes. Exactly. And that, that was the film and I, um, oh, yeah. of the series. And I really, really love uh, the reimagined um, series. I even watched Caprica, which most people didn't bother. Okay, well, hang on. Let me, let me, slow, let me slow you down. Let's take this in stages. So for me, I, I think I remember vaguely watching uh, Battlestar's original series, or I just have vague memories of Templeton Peck. Uh, in in yeah, in, the, right. <laughs> in yeah. Battlestar Galactica, so oh, so let's Dirk let's start Benedict. at the beginning. Yes, Dirk Benedict. Oh, who's, who's, who's that's actually not his real name. He uh, his well, I don't know if Dirk's his first name, but Benedict is not his real second name. Oh, okay, he chose that as a as his stage, stage name yeah. based off of eating breakfast one time, eating eggs Benedict. That is a true story. That's an excellent. Do you happen to know wow. what his real name is? Uh, no idea. I can find out though through the power of Google. Such powers do not exist, okay. surely. Right. Well, while you Google that, I'll start okay, yeah. at the beginning. So, so yeah. So yeah. Set, set it up for me. So, like I said, I I have not seen any of this series that you're about to delve into. So, uh, for anyone else, it was never by choice. It just didn't happen. So, there's no uh, reservations I have about it or anything. So for oh God. for oh, okay. are you wrong? <laughs> it's got, yeah, I've got his name. It's <laughs> uh, I can I can see why he changed it. It's oh, uh, it's Dirk. Nai, Dirk Naiwohina, Nuhaina, Nuhaina. Dirk Nuhaina. Yeah, it's it's a weird name. Wow. What, what, what's the origin? Is he German or Austrian? Uh, or uh, no, he's no, he's American. I don't know. If, I don't know where his family is from. But, oh, sorry, he he's uh, German. Yeah. Well, his yeah. family's German. Well, yeah, cool. Anyway, moving on. Okay. <laughs> <Sorry>. So, <laughs> so Dan, so uh, yes, set up Battlestar Galactica for novices okay. like me. Okay, so to be fair, the story, the storylines for both the reimagined modern version or modernish version, what was it, two thousand and four, five, yeah, two thousand four, five, um, and the original are pretty much because because it because it, it's generational. So the timeline is that um, Earth gets attacked by uh, a group of uh, cyborgs called Cylons who uh, basically attack Earth. Earth is then reduced to a small fleet of ships, and the main one being the, the, the title Battlestar Galactica, which is the main starship that survives so it's, it's, it's a ragtag fleet of survivors it's it's very much inspired by a built on the popularity of star wars because if you think of the rebels being a, a ragtag group of kind of surviving rebels Battlestar galactic is pretty similar um but you don't really get much um from the from the original tv series of of the origins of the Cylons and really what had happened. I don't think you get as much uh, exposure to that. Whereas in Reimagined, you 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 basically find out that Cylons were originally technology that were treated as slaves for humanity, and then these these kind of um, androids rebelled and fought back and basically almost wiped humanity out so that is kind of without 
going into the what then happens after that it mm-hmm. it's basically a, a survival a race for survival humanity you know the dregs of humanity what's left versus this uber race of kind of robotic cylons who are who are basically trying to wipe out the the humans that enslaved them and the premise of the original was exactly the same was it it was i don't think i don't remember and tj you can do jump in i don't yeah. think you got as much background it was very similar. yeah I, yeah it was it, the the overall uh, sorry the overarching premise of humans trying to find a new planet for them to settle on that was all yeah. that was all straight from the 70s slash 80s show the yeah. um the connection of the cylons to the humans i don't recall it being uh as you say i don't think they dug into it as deeply as they did with uh the 2004 series um i don't recall their storyline of like humans creating cylons and then rebelling and all that kind of stuff i don't remember all that i mean it was in the 70s and i was like i don't know four so yeah um, we may have missed there might have been some nuanced references possibly yeah stuff in there but it wasn't that obvious but in the original it it said that there was a truce and this truce was maintained there's some outpost where humans and silence would meet uh, once every i don't know five ten years hundred years i don't know what it was but there's there's this truce that's been maintained from the original and then at the start of the the first series which was first it was a mini series um, mm-hmm. the the humans went out to meet the Cylons and I think the Cylons then destroyed the base, the outpost that the humans were on and then started a war. So it, it basically everything repeats itself um, and the same thing happens again except there's the Cylons are more advanced now. So it, it's quite awesome in the fact it's, it's the probably one of the first TV series I've seen that rather than completely uh, discarding what went before, it just builds on it um, mm. and, and just takes it further. Um, because I think in in the in a world before Netflix, uh, what the hell? <laughs> in, in a world before Netflix, everybody. What, what? In a world before Netflix um, and Amazon Prime and Disney and goodness knows what else there is now. Um, I think a TV show like uh, Battlestar Galactica Reimagined was probably one of the highest quality shows, yeah. you know, binge-worthy shows that, that was out there. I mean, Sopranos, again, maybe The, the, the Wire was a bit later, but, you know, Breaking Bad. But you know, the, these type of shows really did lay the groundwork for everything that you get, which is amazing on streaming services now so just to speed ahead and say the issue i have with it is as tj mentioned they are all on this epic journey uh to find a colony called earth which is supposed to be us supposed to be our earth and i think the problem i have with um Battlestar Galactica reimagined was because of all the kind of religious ideology and and the kind of the layers of 
you know, moral. Uh, what's the word? It, it's so morally complex, and yeah, because they covered they covered like like you say lo- loads of things around religion, around um, terrorism, um, political ideals, um, like every sort of uh, subject you can think of. Is this about them having to? Is this because they're having to, in essence, rebuild what? humanity is now yeah well not not just that it's it also i'm sorry go on no no no, no, you're right it it just draws on it almost like it takes all the notions of creation and identity and humanity and the psychology and morality of of what it is to be human and you know it, it draws so heavily on all the different um you know, tropes of religion, tribalism, uh, and ev- everything you can kind of think of. Because and also, it, also yeah, just to okay. just to chime in, just also like the the the, the various the, the other part that really struck me as well is the the various sides of war and and rebellion. At what point, you know, do the rebels switch from being the heroes to the villains, and vice versa? And you know, the grey areas that surround all of that. Um, it, it touched on so many like poignant things that are very real in our in our uh, current state in the world today as well. Is yeah, yeah, completely. Because you kind of start off, and it, it's very, you know, the humans are in are are in the right. They deserve to survive. How dare these, you know, these robots hunt them and kill them? And then once you kind of pull the layers of the orange back and sort of see what what has actually happened and how it happened and then when you get the the final five so well, don't delve into the ending yet right Are you, no, no, not... this okay this isn't the end this is this is kind of at the middle okay point. almost yeah a bit, bit further from the middle but um you you basically find out that there are five clone Cylons and these particular or five of the actual clone Cylon types are fundamental members of the the human rebellion. So all the way along, these five pivotal characters have been fighting the Cylons, believe they are human and on the side of the humans... And suddenly they find out that they're Cylons, and it's just—it's the biggest head fuck you'll ever. Yeah, it's genius. Experience, and it's—it's it's, it's completely genius. But the problem with that is, and it, it's well documented how they—you know—a lot of the the writing was done on the fly. It was done during, during. Um, it was a know, writer's yeah. strike, wasn't there? I um, think. I think wasn't there a writer's strike somewhere, like part way through season. Two or season three or something like that. I think you're you're probably right, but it, it, yeah. I don't think it's actually that unusual for ongoing series to have, you know, a, a lot of extra kind of writing and creation done on the fly. You know, they did it with Lost badly, um, but I think for something that be- became as long and epic as this, they just ended up writing themselves into a corner because. You, you just could never you could just never carry off 
the type of ending that would satisfy all the levels of, of you know, rabid fan that there became for uh, Battlestar Galactica Reimagined. Because as I said, it just there's nothing. There's I don't think there's been anything like it since. But even at the time, it it, it was just pioneering something completely different, and it just made it so difficult it's just basically like writing writing an end to war and peace or, or the bible or just you know what i mean it it, it was that mm. difficult but but what irritated me this you come into the ending now so final spoiler warnings from, well what you know are you about to are you about to delve into it now yeah Wait, Hound, before you do, I just want to ask Tease if you wanted to chime in with anything else because just about the show in general. Like, was there, you're, you're obviously a fan of it as well, just in general. Yeah, no, I think Dan's covered uh, pretty much all of it. I think for me it was the, like, especially for the first three seasons, well, first two and a half maybe, um, the writing and the layering of the characters was just... is. It's, it's still to this day one of my, and I think it's also you know sometimes you go back and watch old sci old sci fi and you know parts of it doesn't don't hold up like the story's a bit weak compared to <clears throat> how good and how high quality stuff is nowadays and um, or the, the special effects aren't that great or you know the subject matter is a bit is a bit light but for me anyway BSG still holds up today in terms of you know the writing the acting. Uh, even down to the special effects. The special effects are like 15 years old now. Um, but I, I, I genuinely think it still holds up today. And it was it was such a cleverly written, nuanced, contemporary show that touched upon so many subjects that I think are eternally relevant to, you know, whether it's whether it was in the 70s or it was in the 80s. And it, there's always wars going on. There's always conflict about religion there's always conflicts about human rights there's always conflicts about you know there's always questions around <clears throat> excuse me there's always questions around humanity why are we here what you know what's our purpose what are we doing and all of these subjects at one point or another are touched upon um in the show even down to you know what does it mean to be human or you know especially around as Dan was mentioning about the subplot of you know some of the Cylons being um, made up to, that looked like humans um, that didn't realize they were humans until a certain thing happens and then they're activated or whatever it is. And, you know, just seeing that kind of conflict, even within the Cylons themselves, because as much as, you know, we've explained that, you know, Cylons came down and blew up Earth and they were chasing humans across the galaxy, it's way more nuanced than that. There's, you know, there's questions around the silence belief in them in themselves um they're you know trying to work out what their relationship with the humans are there's um inner struggles between them as to do they feel that they're doing the right thing it's it's really really clever and um uh so well done uh, i can't i so sure i can't recommend highly enough to anyone um, it's a hard yeah. sell guys well done okay <laughs> like i'm i feel like i want to box set it right now you should yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you also should. I need to give a bit of a, a shout out to Caprica because a lot of people didn't watch it. I don't think it critically did as well, but Caprica is essential viewing because it's a prequel story that tells 
the origins of the Cylon. And I think once the Cylons, once you get, get once it gets going, once it gets past the, the sort of teenage angst of it, it is really good and it really tells that origin story well. So I recommend that as well. I was going to say actually, do do you think? Because I, I think I did start watching Capricorn. I don't think I finished it. But as someone who you've you've watched both of them, I do you think it benefits someone to watch Battlestar first and going into it a bit of cold? <laughs> what were you mean? To, the to, original Battlestar? No, 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 no. <laughs> don't go back to the seventies. <laughs> don't worry about that. <clears throat> no, but is it better for someone to you know start off with? Um, 2004 BSG first and go in somewhat cold and then go back and watch Caprica as a prequel to get a bit of background and a a bit more context to to, you know the side of relationship or do do you think it would be better to watch Caprica first and then watch uh, BSG I can't answer that because obviously every well most people like myself because Caprica came after, would have watched mm. it in that order. So I don't know what it would be like to have watched Caprica first. Yeah, I do, I, I, just, I do wonder, like consider, considering the subject matter, would yeah, you think... know would, would it would it reveal a bit too much? Get and then going into B, into BSG and then you know spoil it. Not spoil. Yeah. I know it wouldn't spoil it, but you know you know what I mean. I don't think so. I mean, it, it's quite. All it really does is it gives you a lot of um, very, I don't know, very probably unnecessary background on the planet. So, so hmm. you know, they talk about um, the, the different planets they're from. In the obviously you're in the same solar system, and it sounds um, the twelve like, colonies. Exactly, the twelve colonies, yeah. and it sounds like those colonies have been at war with each other, and there's a weird kind of. It's basically it's not just the backstory of Cylons. It's it's also kind of young Adama. Oh and, right, okay, yeah. And his family, and it's a bit weird. It's a bit like they're almost like you know, kind of Italian gangsters. It's it's really quite uh, <laughs> strange. So I think you you could probably get away with watching it beforehand and not having anything particularly ruined. As long as you know what the Cylons are and have a have a sense of, you know what what that is. Mm. Uh, but you'd it'd also do no harm. You'd, you'd get you'd probably actually get more out of it if you watch uh, the full series first. I think because mm. then you know then you'll you you'll you'll know you know how important so, the drama is and, and all yeah. the ref- get the references. I think that's. I think that's. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, because there's a lot of stuff that, obviously, in Battlestar World, you're introduced to. Like, that's the 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 meat of the of the story, but whereas Caprica is more just filling it out a bit, giving a bit more context to you know, like Adam's a key character, finding out what you know what he went through to make him the person he becomes in Battlestar, as opposed to going the other way around, it might not work quite as well. So, yeah. So okay, to set up, so we let's delve in, I guess, to the ending now. So, so Dan, as objectively uh, as you can, can you talk us through the events that lead to the show's conclusion? As objectively, uh, uh, just sort of, yeah, what what happens in the ending, basically? Well, I, I won't go into too much detail. But okay, what, but what I'll <laughs> just 
try and say is, I mean, we, we've literally already said it. So oh. the, the whole point <laughs> is that they're trying to find Earth. They're trying to find somewhere else to live. And the, I, I, I guess the, where the main plot is going is that the differences between humans and Cylon become more and more entwined to the point that they're all trying to find a home. It's not just humanity. Um, and I'm not, I'm not going to kind of ruin the actual, you know, the, the actual proper underlying ending. I'm not going to do that. That is specifically what this show is about. It is well, about you changing the ending. How can you say I'm not going to yeah, reveal you can, the ending? You can go into, you can no go, I think you can go into details. I think you can go well, into, okay, like you don't, go, you don't have to go too specific, but I mean, you can. I mean, I wouldn't worry about spoilers at this point. It, but it's not. Uh, it's to be fair, it's like 15 years old, man. If you ain't watched, if you're listening to this and you ain't watched <laughs> yeah, that show yet, okay. tough shit. I'm sorry, well, I'll, but, I'll, yeah. I'll come on to the, the you know humans. Becoming Cylons, becoming humans, bit in a minute, but human Cylon baby. Yeah, exactly. There we go. The hybrid, which I always find, the interesting thing about um, about Star Galactica is, you know, another spoiler if if no one's seen the latest Blade Runner movie, is it? You know, it's a it's a brilliant film. I'm not I'm not I'm not um, a critic of it at all. I, I really enjoyed it. But it's the same thing that was done about Star Galactica, as in a human and a Cylon, which is supposed to be a robot, um, mate, um, and produce a hybrid. <laughs> and, and it gets to the point that, well, I've said... The female <laughs> presents herself, and the male... <laughs> he caught, the male he caught, gets he the screwdriver out. <laughs> the Randy Toaster... <laughs> he presents food as a token of his goodwill. Anyway, so so yeah, the the main idea is that um, it gets to the point where the the walls between which came first, the human or the Cylon, is completely blurred. Uh, so and that's that's brilliant, and it's something that you know. Again, I said it, you know, Blade Runner. They, they, that's kind of the point of Blade Runner. Is that you know um, a what are they called? Uh, Symbian? Um, no. Simulant? Yes. Let's go with that. Shit, I can't remember. Oh, well, skin job is the way the well skin job I can't remember. Replicant. That's the one. Replicant. That's it. Replicant. A replicant and a human. Um, create a, a hybrid baby, but anyway, the, the point that I have a problem with is they're on this epic mission. They find, they finally find Earth, go down onto the planet's surface, and it's been nuked by nuclear bombs. So it's clear that there was a race, a human-like or even human race. I don't know. I don't know what it's supposed to be. Uh, has been there, uh, completely brought the apocalypse ap- apocalypse on themselves, and this planet is just a, a complete write off. And it's the funniest moment of of any 
TV series I think I've ever seen in my life, where it's just the moment where after hours and hours, days, weeks, months of of TV, you get this moment, zing, ha <laughs> you're not going to get the planet you wanted, it's, oh look, it's been bombed to shit, ha <laughs> zing, and everyone's just like, it's the biggest down moment ever. And it just feels so ridiculous. Like, the, I don't know what the showrunners thought. You know, oh, we'll just you you, you thought you were going to get this new utopia here. You're not going to get shit. You're just going to get a burnt out, radioactive husk of a planet. Ha <laughs> ha! And I, I just I remember at the time just thinking, why? So what what does happen then in the end? So at that point. Um, load of other stuff. Basically, they they continue their voyage. Cara right. um, Thrace, who is um, the female reimagining of Starbuck, who died in her Raptor her ship uh, several weeks prior to this, yeah. Yeah. reappears in her Raptor. The ship is completely unscathed. She's completely unscathed. She then leads... There's a lot of other stuff happening, but she basically leads the Cylons and the humans to another planet, which they then call that Earth. It's like a mixture uh, of Jesus and Moses, basically. It, it is. It really is. Um, she, she then disappears as if she was never there, and they destroy all their technology i think they um they send it into the sun or something they send the fleet into the sun they keep one of the ships for the remaining cylons to who want to remain oh yeah they they yeah because some stay and some Some, leave don't they yeah exactly but they they get rid of all their technology and they, they basically integrate with the new um then they find some humans on the planet, like some. Oh yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, exactly. There's, yeah. there's a they human find some race. compatible humans on the on the planet. Fairly developed, but not not as developed as their. The, the yeah, humans. they're not they're not like prehistoric man, but they're like. Oh, are they prehistoric? I can't remember. No, 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 no. A bit. Um, a bit more advanced than that. A bit more advanced than that. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they are tribal, but anyway. So they they integrate with that race, and then essentially, you know, what go, what go was the way. what was human, what was the previous, the the original human race on that planet, all become one, and then in the future, uh, Baltar, who has a Jesus-like quality, and Cylon number six. You, you you see them um, walking down somewhere in New York, looking at technology and going, "Ah, what if it all happens again?" We're back here again. Uh, yeah. yeah, which I have no I have no issue with that ending in terms of you know the final pieces. It just I just don't think they needed this this bit in between where they find a nuclear apocalypse earth and all just kind of look really pissed off and then Kara Thrace comes back 
out of nothing and leads them all to the promised world. I, it, it just has about three stages that it just wasn't necessary. Um, and that, that's it, really. I, it, it just the ending was fine. They just needed to cut off, cut off, cut out uh, car, uh, Starbuck dying and coming back, and the Earth that they find just should just should have been the Earth they they eventually found the second time of asking. Just do it the first time of asking, wrap it up, and you know you can have all the ah is it. This 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 was all in uh, our own Earth humans' past, and it's all hap- going to happen again. Ah, oh, you see, you see, you see. That's yeah, because doesn't it do a big hint toward because it's because they show like a contemporary like New York, don't they? That they're walking yeah. through. So it, it's kind of like trying to tie in the, the, the fictional like history into like the yeah their their fiction into our. History, I think they're trying to, yeah, could, it, it kind of, which is brilliant. I, yeah, I, I thought that was, I thought that was quite clever, almost like we're rewriting our 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 history. But yeah, well, this is because yeah. the whole time you're kind of thinking it's it's like the Star Wars, you know, in a galaxy far, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far, or sometime in the future or something like that. And actually, it's like, oh, wait a minute, this it was all, bit, all along. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So very clever, and I think I think the actual ending was good. It just took way too long to get there. I also remember, um, I think it was um, Adama and ah, oh, help me out. Who's the 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 uh, Laura Roslin? Is that right? Oh, the president. Yeah, because they're they're, they're uh... kind of a love interest, aren't they? Yeah, look, yeah, Laura Roslin, because she didn't she die of cancer or something like that. Exactly. So yeah. there's also a long drawn out of of them being together and her dying, which goes on for about oh, it just feels like forever. She was dying for a long time. Yeah. So yeah, it it, it it's hard to you know something that is the equivalent of some of the most perfect TV you'll ever watch. It just went on a little bit too long, and I think they they wrote themselves maybe into a corner. Um, but aside from that, it's not like I wouldn't, you know, happily watch it all again without mm. getting angry. But yeah, I just think it could have been <laughs> dealt with. What did, a lot what did you think of the ending as it played out, TJ? Um, do you know what? I at the time. Maybe I was just a bit emotional because at the time I don't recall being that bothered by the ending. But I've read I've read enough things and heard from enough people that have complained about it that I want to go back and watch it because I, I actually haven't gone back. I started to watch it and then um, just, there's just so much stuff on to watch now. But um, I want to go back and watch it again just to kind of look at it with a fresh pair of eyes and kind of see how I feel about it because like having heard Dan explain it and read articles about it and people complain about it and all that kind of stuff. I, I just seem to remember at, towards the end of the season, the end of the series, just being like really sad that it was, that it was finishing because I knew it was going to finish. And I think maybe that kind of clouded my perception of, you know, a lot of the, the, um, the, What's the word I'm looking for? 
the frailties, I guess. Um, oh, can I ask you a question? Yes. What, what, in your opinion, or who, who or what is Starbuck? Oh, or what comes back? Um, see, so see when you ask me that question, that makes me think that the ending was not as okay as I have in my head it, it being. If that makes sense, like because I like I, I absolutely loved her character. I do recall thinking this is weird the way she was brought back and the way she'd been. The way she'd been um, portrayed, you know, through the first three seasons, to into what happened in the fourth season was a bit. It was a bit. If I remember, I recall it feeling a bit jarring, um, and it, it also felt a bit like you kind of just shat over what was, you know essentially she died and she was like a main character in the thing and the whole thing was like hugely upsetting and it was done really well as I recall um it was you know it was a, one of those things where wow main character's dead that's pretty shocking and you know you miss him and everything and then you just kind of bring it back in a in this weird way and it was that was a little bit like hmm, could have done without that you could have I don't know I feel like they could have done that with someone although well as Dan says you know I, I kind of agree maybe they could have cut that whole that whole sequence out and she comes back and leads them to the promised land um and they could have maybe have written that a bit more cleverly well I think when they went to all this effort to bring her back and I was kind of like okay it's a bit strange and the route I thought they were going with it she's a like, Cylon exactly yeah yeah exactly and I thought this is amazing. They're bringing her back. Um, it's going to turn out that she was a, she was the the sixth Cylon, yeah. and that would have been genius. It, it, yeah. and I would have been okay with it. I'm sure you would have been okay with Actually, it. Actually, yeah, that you you just triggered my memory of that now. Yeah, I, I do recall thinking that at the time, and I was like, okay, this is this is quite an interesting interesting turn they've taken here. And then it was like, uh, no, she's not a Cylon. Uh, what? 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 Well, we don't know. She yes. might have been. She might. Well, have yes, yeah, she, true. She just, she just disappears, yeah. and I, I kind of, she could have been a, a figment of someone's imagination, and I, I don't know. <laughs> you you probably. could probably go back and watch and say, well, who, who is it that talks to her, and you know, is is it all of them? Because I can't remember how many people see her and interact with her, and you know, is it. Is it the fact that only the Cylons see her or only the humans see her or something? Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. any kind of a bit more layers to it to try and explain what she was rather than trying to sort of make it into something quasi-religious. And I'm just like, well... Again, I think, as you as you say, you know, maybe they did just write themselves into a bit of a corner and um, because... Through from to be fair to them, from day one there were a lot of religious overtones and connotations in terms of you know their faith in believing that they were going to get to the promised land or whatever it was. Um, you know, the, the, there's a, there's a whole. In fact, religion is a real is a real heavy influence on a lot of the stories uh, and a lot of the a lot of the um, 
a lot of the subplots in in the in the series as well and i guess they tried to play into that with what they did with Starbuck and what they did with the ending but conversely it also felt a bit heavy-handed in the way they did it it's, they they could have done it in a in a more a more subtle way as opposed to going hey look she's ridden from the dead just like Jesus Christ and she's going to lead them to the promised land um it was a bit of a one two punch in your face and i think up until that point they'd been very <clears throat> very good with nuance and and not you know falling into classic sci-fi tropes or anything like that and then suddenly it <clears throat> it was like okay we've got to bring this thing home now and we've got to, you know hit him with something hit him with something big so yeah, nicely yeah. allegorical and all that kind of jazz and they then yeah they just kind of just went a bit too far and was the, the ending generally well received yeah, i'd say it was mixed at best mm. mixed but Iman, you can also watch the spin-off um, game show, Who's a Cylon Anyway? Um, yeah, <laughs> awesome. Jesus. <laughs> no, it, it, <laughs> I think I think the ending was did critically get some heat, but I think you know there's there was enough ba- based on right. Starbucks reappearance or because of the Earth stuff that you mentioned before or both or different things I think it's, or... I think it's a bit of both all, all of that kind of tied into it each other really and I, I think as I think it is with especially long-running TV shows that are that do very very well and are critically acclaimed I think they all more often than not they always, you're always going to get a descending uh, voice that, you know, there's always going to be someone that's not happy with how it ended. And, yeah. you know, I, I, and Battlestar Galactica set such a high bar for itself. I think it was always going to be tough to come up with an ending that wasn't corny, but that also played into a lot of the notes that they'd set up throughout the previous, you know, three or four seasons, mm. um, which I, they tried to do, but kind of, you know, perhaps missed the mark a bit. Again, I'd have to go back and watch it. But, um, but, but you hit a good point. I mean, I think you look at shows like Lost, Sopranos, even Breaking Bad, there's plenty of people who really hated the endings of those, t- not myself, but of those TV series. Mm. Um, and that caused... And, Anything I think that that has been that long running with and one that good as well in that good because you know if you are trying to think of a long running series at the moment say for example Marvel Agents of Shield or or even no, a good Dead, a good long running series a good long you know or Walking <laughs> Dead they have all kind of what what the, every one of those shows has done is taken a really big plot and played it out over a series or two series and then essentially started a new plot. Hmm. Whereas Battlestar Galactica was end to end, just one epic storyline. Breaking Bad, obviously one epic storyline, lost epic storyline. I mean, even do you remember heroes? They're repeating that now. Oh, Yeah. 
which was I don't brilliant. Think I've finished that. I, remember, I don't think I've finished that actually. I absolutely loved it at the start, and then it and then they just ran out of steam. They tried well, they to had re- that weird like half a season thing when they had the writer's strike. That was yeah. what. Sorry, maybe that's what I'm confusing PSG with. They had they definitely had a writer's strike for that. And I, I that think was why they only had half a season. I think it may have affected both because it affected a lot of different TV series. So you probably right lost was a, heavily affected as well by that show. I remember vividly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, well, yeah. Because I guess Heroes was out around the same time, was it? Was mm, that around yeah. Early two thousand. And I have to give uh, a mention to Sopranos because I. Well, hang on a minute. Just making sure neither of you guys are picking that for the next. I haven't seen it. I'm so close to starting to actually watch it. So I could put my headphones down for about 60 seconds. I won't say what it is. I won't say what happens. I will, I will only say that um, everyone, everyone who watched that series expected an outcome, expected quite potentially a violent and bad outcome to the series and what you got was just something completely, uh, yeah, just just you wouldn't expect. Just just very almost mundane, but full of strange kind of symbolism and meaning that's been gone over with a fine tooth comb to say what everything meant in this final scene, and that's it. And you don't, so you don't get the payoff. You don't get the ending that you think you're going to get. You just get a scene that's just full of subversion and, and meaning, and that's it. And it's, it's, it's really weird. Many would say it's probably perfect. It's, it's great that they didn't, they didn't do the, the very kind of obvious you know, ending that people expected. But, you know, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not going to go in, into it any further because I don't want to ruin it for you. Appreciated. <laughs> so yours wasn't... A specific, a drastic rewriting of of the Battlestar Galactica ending. You're mostly happy with it. It's just the removal of that tiny hurdle, uh, that final hurdle that basically takes you to the end, in which you're actually kind of happy with, right? Yeah, totally. So yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah. Not I too actually bad. think, I actually think taking that taking that section out probably would have made that ending a bit better received by a lot of people as well. I think because hmm. the very the the very the very very the very very end where they kind of tie it into uh, contemporary earth's history and all that kind of stuff that was quite clever so i think if that could have been if that could have been the twist rather than doing the whole double fake before that that i think that may have been that may have been quite a bit more satisfying and not throwing people quite as much yeah, because I don't know if it was on purpose, it, but it, it did kind of feel like a ha-ha moment. And I just thought for, 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 for something as, you know, perfect and layered and serious as Battlestar Galactica, that, that sort of zing moment did feel completely wrong. And it wasn't, I know, I'm, I'm completely exaggerating, it wasn't played out like that, but it, it, it did feel like, I don't know, what, I guess it was. I'm trying to think of another sort of. Yeah, it's like it's like Lord of the Rings film, where at the end, the you know, um, just as um, Frodo's about to go into Mount Doom, he he has an asthma attack and dies. It, it's a bit like. It, 
<laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and off goes Smeagol with the ring, and it's just like, oh, oh, I didn't, well, I didn't expect that to happen. It's a little. It feels a little bit like that. It's like they knew, you know, it was it was the, the perfect setup for for the end, and then they just went, oh no, not yet, not yet. Aha, fooled you. I was just like, oh. you're waiting for it to peak. It's like, yeah. Oh. Oh yeah, there's the end credits. Yes, <laughs> but, that, but that's then, exactly that's exactly how the, what the emotions are. I think, but they kind of did it with Lost, except they put about another you know six hundred episodes in between, where it's just like, oh, they're all they're all really dead, and then you know the island's heaven or purgatory, and here's another six hundred episodes, and oh, yeah, they're all really dead and it was purgatory. You know what I mean? It's just like, well, oh, Christ, did we need the 600 episodes in between? I saw an interview recently on uh, YouTube. I think it was one of the creators. I think it was it, um, Lindelof. It could have been Lindelof. It was Lindelof and Cruz, I think, were the, the two creators. Um, and Tom they would Cruise. talk. I'm sorry, who? Tom Cruise? Yes, Tom Cruise, no, absolutely. Penelope. Yeah. Um, and they were talking about that, you know, everyone kind of that watched Lost could kind of see that, well, this is just being, it's like, you know, having this, um, you have this wonderful story, but the network just didn't want to let it go. And there was a lot of internal pressure about them saying, no, you're not going to end it basically. And they, and there was, uh, yeah, they had lots of debates about them saying, we can't keep flashing back to people's uh, so if you, if you haven't seen lost it was uh, them on the island but the individual characters would have lots of flashbacks to their lives off the island uh, mm. so each episode was on a different person and that the and the, the creators were saying we can't keep flashing back to reveal the same point about each character yeah. this is it just can't continue in that way and he says this point where the network said okay we'll agree to end it let's get to season 10 and they said, what? We can't go that. It's It can't function like that. But I was a real fan of Lost, and I've just meant to sit down and watch that again for ages. But um, you could see as it was happening what was happening, just the fact that you're just padding this out. You have this amazing story with just some of the best uh, characters, I thought, on TV. And you're just you're introducing more stories that... There's no payoff on any of these stories. You almost right. just stop them and it just, you start a new one and it just didn't tie in. It just didn't make sense. It's such a shame because I do believe that that could have been the the greatest show almost ever, but um, I adored it. But anyway, that's a bizarre side note. But um, but yes, no, uh, Battlestar Galactica. I mean, if, if unless there's anything else to say, I, I, I guess... Uh, you have eloquently, both of you, I guess, uh, eloquently uh, summed up the show and, uh, yeah, discussed um, what you change. It's an intriguing thing to change, I guess. Mm, yeah, yeah, we fracking got to the end. Is it frack? Yeah, it's frack. Frack off. <laughs> so, TJ, are you going to go next on our next recording about what you would change the ending to? Yeah, why not? Uh, okay. Unleash, we, me to, you... unleash me to rant on the thing <laughs> might, are you going to tell might... the listeners what 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 the next episode is going to be what, we, what, let's, what, let, what let's the... drop a nice teaser we'll say nothing about it but you can just okay. say the title of it and then that'll be it that'll well be i i wouldn't say the title of it but i will say that i've ranted about the director of this movie this particular movie before 
and I will no doubt do so again. I have beef with this director, and it's it's. I actually rewatched the film that I'm going to be talking about recently, and it highlighted all the things that I hate about him. And it's made <laughs> it's made me it's made me rescind on my. I think I may have mentioned this in a previous podcast that I didn't mind the ending so much, and now I've rewatched it recently. I'm like, fucking hate it. <laughs> Amongst other things, so yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So in two weeks of time, watch out for this this one. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So we'll that will be out, I guess, at the end of yeah third Monday of August. We'll talk to Siege, and uh, he'll tell us all about what he hates. No, it won't be. It'll be in September. What is it? The one we're recording now. This is third Monday of August. So first uh, Monday, I'll edit all of that out. (laughs) And um, so brilliant. Thanks very much. Smooth. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, no, excellent. Well done. Uh, that was the first episode of Change the Ending. As we said, two more to go, and Teed will be up next. Uh, so thanks very much for tuning in. hope you guys enjoyed uh, the beginning of this new series. You can check out uh, our website, foreverinelectricdreams.com, for articles and, more importantly, the full back catalog of our podcasts uh, to date, including the uh, the new uh, mini cast series with uh, Dan and Rich Roth. So um, thanks very much, gang. Um, I'm waving uh, through the virtual airways to everybody right now and wish you all farewell. Till next time. Bye bye. Cool. Bye. Laters. Oh